teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. So John chapter number 16. Tonight we're going to talk about the name of Jesus or the use of the name of Jesus, but we're going to talk about it in relation to prayer. In relation to prayer. Amen. Here in John 16, we read in verse number 23 and 24, Jesus is speaking, speaking of a future day. And he said, in that day, now that day has come because he, he shed his blood on the cross. And uh, we're now living in the day he's referring to. In this day, in other words, he said, you shall ask me, Jesus is speaking, you'll not ask me anything. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. Now, this verse uh, actually is completely unqualified. What I mean by unqualified is there's no conditions on it. Whatsoever. Now, don't get that. Don't get all religious on that. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. In other words, you've asked the Father nothing in my name. But he said, ask the Father, in other words, in my name, and you shall receive. You know, so you go through this life depressed with nothing, nothing to enjoy. And, no, ask that you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Full. <laughs> full. Somebody said, how you doing? Oh, Lord Jesus. How much time you got? <clears throat> that's, that's called full. That's called full. And so uh, he's talking about receiving from the Father by asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Is that right? So what he's telling us to do to come to the Father in prayer, because he's talking here about talking to the Father. You know, Pastor, De I mean, Pastor Debbie so often has gone back to John 14 talking about this, talked about the difference between John 16 and John 14. In John 14, he said, whatever you shall ask in my name, and, and asking of the Father is not mentioned. And the word ask can be translated demand or ask. So there it's just demanding in the name of Jesus. Um, and so, but here it's talking about actually talking to the Father. You realize that uh, he's talking about authority in John 14, and he's talking about prayer in John 16. In other words, he's talking about authority over the enemy in John 14. You know, if you want to just write those verses down, he's talking about um, verse number 13 and 14. John 14, 13, and 14. Talking about whatever you shall demand in my name, I'll do it. In other words, the, the authority of his name over the enemy. But here he's not talking about authority over the enemy. He's talking about talking to the Father God in prayer. And he said, we're to use his name in a prayer, as well as authority over the enemy. But here in John 16, he's talking about prayer. Isn't that right? So he's saying, come to the Father, bringing my name. Jesus said, bring my name whenever you come to the Father. So he's telling us that he's giving us the legal right to use his name when, uh, before the Father in prayer. That's what that verse is saying. I'm giving you the use of my name. Somebody said, well, what is all, that all about? I'm glad you came to church tonight because that's what we're going to be talking about. So um, really, he's given us unqualified use of his name in prayer because he said whatsoever. And um, 
he knew full well all that the name implied and all that it would have in it. You know, you realize that, uh, and as, as we go, we'll see this tonight. It has a lot in it. And this verse is basically saying that Jesus has give, uh, given us a signed check on the resources that are his, and he asked us to fill it in. Because he said, you're asking in my name. That's basically what he's doing, asking us to fill it in. The reason people ask small is because they think little of the resources in Jesus' name or that they don't know what Jesus has because all that he has, his name has. I mean, think about it. I was going to bed last night, and the Lord started talking to me about this. You know, we're selling our house. It's, gonna, it's already on contract. It's going to be sold. Um, that, house is in, that house belongs to Pastor Debbie and I. And it's what we call down at the courthouse in our name. You know how we're going to sign it over to somebody else? By signing our name. Well, actually, we already gave the, uh, the, uh, the realtor the power of attorney. Because she wanted to do it Monday morning after, real early in the morning, like at 7.15 in the morning. And that's not too early for us, but with all that we got going on, moving and all that, we said, we'll give you power of attorney. You, you can close for us. And all oh, that big check you're going to give us, take it down to this bank, and here's the account number. And, and when we, we wake up, we'll be that much richer. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, but... So the, the thing I wanted you to see here is that people ask small because they don't know what is, what is in his name. All that he has is in his name, just like all that you have is in your name. You got a car, it's in your name. The title has your name on it. And that's what's in Jesus' name, everything he has. Well, what does Jesus have? Huh? Have, have you thought about that? Yeah, what's, what does he have? Well, he raised from the dead, and he said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority. He has spoiled principalities and powers, stripped from them everything they had stolen from us. And uh, the Bible says that in Colossians 2.15, and the Bible says in Luke 11, 21, 22, that when a strong man armed uh, keepeth his palace, his goods are at peace. In other words, they're, they're safe. But when a stronger than he comes upon him, he divideth his, he, he uh, taketh from his, his goods, he takes his armor, takes his goods, and divides the spoil. Well, what, what Satan had stolen from us was at peace until Jesus showed up. And defeated him, stripped him of his armor, spoiled him, Colossians 2.15 said, and took everything from him that he had stolen from us. Everything. Our righteousness, our fellowship with God. He, he, Jesus got back from the enemy our, our cleanness, our forgiveness of sin. He got back our healing. He got back our prosperity. He got back our boldness before the throne of grace. Everything that Satan had stolen because of sin consciousness, Jesus 
kicked the devil in the head. It bruised Jesus' heel, demolished his head. You can tell his head's demolished. He doesn't think very clearly. People get under his influence, they get crazy. That's because the one that's influencing them is nuts. I'm not trying to be mean on the, I'm not trying to be railings, the railings of the devil. I'm just saying he just doesn't make any sense. I could tell you stories of people that, that flake out and get out into the flesh and sin. The way they think, it gets crazy. It just gets crazy. I mean, we were talking about a situation today. It's like, my goodness, that's just crazy. That just doesn't even make any sense. Well, see, that's because of that, that confusion of the enemy. Anyway, I, I digress. But Satan was defeated, and Jesus took from him his armor. Jesus took all the goods that he had taken from us. And then Luke 11, 21, 22 says he divided the spoils. How did he, who did he divide the spoils with? He divided them with us. Isaiah 53, 12 says the same thing. Write these things down because you read these verses and you don't realize what they're saying. But Isaiah 53, 12 says the same thing. He divided the spoil with, you look at the other translations, it'll say with the many and the numerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus defeated the enemy and, destroyed, and took his, everything he had taken from us and gave it back to us. Well, everything that Jesus got in, when he vanquished the enemy... Everything that he got when Jesus, uh, when, 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 when he raised from the dead and God gave him a name above every name, everything he got by inheritance from the Father through his death, burial, and resurrection, everything he got by conquering the devil, that is in his name. It's all in his name. He's got an account in heaven and his name's on it. But here's a little clue. You have a joint account with him. Romans 8, Romans 8, 17. We have an, we're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't gain all that for himself so he could sit up in heaven and talk to the angels about all this that he has. He simply got it back from the devil for us. And that's why we have a joint account and we have a joint right to use his name. We can put his name on a request and make a, a, a requisition on the account that has his name on it. And the father says everything that's under his name, you have access for, to, to live your life out. You have access to it. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. If you think little of the resources of Jesus, you're going to ask little. You understand what I'm talking about? So the measurement, uh, people's measurement of an estimation of the wealth in Jesus' name holds very little of uh, estimation in people's minds. They, they don't think much of it. Therefore, that's the reason they're writing small checks. I'm not talking about the check on, at, at, at Hills Bank or, you know, wherever you bank at. I'm talking about the bank of heaven, what, what is laid up for you in heaven. Hallelujah. You ever read your Bible? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. He's talking about Old Testament saints, really. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. The Amplified says prepared and keeps ready. There is a storehouse in the heavenly realm of all that you need. Someone said, I've messed up. I need forgiveness. It's there. Hallelujah. I, I need some boldness to come boldly to the throne of grace. It's there. Hallelujah. I, 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 whatever you need, it's, it's, in that, it's in that great big vault. 
It's all there. I need, I need some uh, forgiveness. I need some boldness. I need some authority, whatever. It's all there. Amen. So this verse is saying that what we ask the Father in Jesus' name, basically we are endorsing, or Jesus is saying, I'll endorse that prayer, and uh, the Father will give it to you. Amen? So really when we pray in Jesus' name, it passes out of our hands and into Jesus' hands. And it's as if he's resume, assuming the responsibility for, that, for the answering of that prayer. And it's as if Jesus himself is asking it. Isn't that right? You think the Father will hear Jesus? Someone said, oh, I don't know if he hears me. Well, the Bible said he does. But if you don't know if he hears you, do you think he hears Jesus? Let's, let's think about maybe Jesus knows whether the Father hears him all the time. Let's think about that. Do you think maybe Jesus would know whether the Father would hear him or not? You remember at, at Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me and that you hear me always. Always. Somebody said, yeah, but it's me praying in the name of Jesus. Well, what's the difference? It's the name. That's, that's what's important. Amen. Well, I just don't think I'm worthy. Well, you think, you think he's got any merits? You think his name has any standing before? Well, I just don't have a name. that I've messed up so many times. You think he's messed up? No, not at all. You think he's got some merits before the Father? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So don't come in your name. Just forget about that. Just, just forget about that. Come in his name. Come in his righteousness. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Yes, so we're taking our place, we're taking actually his place here as we carry out his will, and he takes our place before the Father. You understand that? And so uh, that's what this verse is talking about. Now, um, when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, all authorities, this is one way you could look at this in Matthew 28. He said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore, and Mark says, in my name, use my name to do certain things. And so he said, all authority is given in heaven and in earth. Now, there's different ways of looking at this. Uh, one way, which I won't get into all of them tonight, but one way to look at that tonight, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he commissioned us to go in his name. In other words, carry out his will in his absence, on his behalf, in other words, because he's not here, we are. He's saying, go in my name. And basically, he's saying, when I give you authority, I'm giving it to you in heaven and on earth. I thought about it this way today. This is only one way of looking at it. There are other ways of looking at this. But authority on earth is authority over the forces of darkness down here on the earth, <clears throat> over the, the enemy and anything that opposes us. Remember, Jesus said, I give you power, King James says power, it's authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the translation I read the other day. It says, I give you authority to advance <laughs> and, and tread. Well, think about it. That's what, that's what treading over them is. If they stand up before you to oppose you, you don't have to stop advancing. You can just tread over them. That's, that's in his name. That's authority down here on earth to keep on advancing. In other words, people who know their authority don't slow down for the devil. They just shred him as they walk over him. 
They don't slow down and back off for, for condemnation. They don't back off because the enemy goes boo. So that's authority on earth. What about authority in heaven? That's authority, really. Authority in heaven is authority to use before the throne of God in prayer by the use of his name. Now, you understand what I'm talking about? That's not authority over God. We don't have authority over God. But it's authority before him and with him. You got to understand what I'm talking about because the Lord said to me a number of years ago that uh, there's further revelation coming about the authority of the believer. I've been contending for that. I've been saying that. In fact, in Russia, Pastor Nancy said there's been some revelation that's been stored up for this era. It's got the word reserve on it. And she said, God is, she's prophesying to me. She said, God's inviting you to come in. According to your faith, you can come into this revelation. I believe what I'm going to share tonight is a, is a minute piece of this. I've been getting this. God's been talking to me about it, uh, about authority at the throne of grace. Now, Somebody said, well, we don't have authority over God. Absolutely not. We have no authority over God like we have over the enemy to demand that the enemy stop this or the enemy do, do this or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say authority at the throne of grace, I'm not talking about authority over God. I'm, I'm talking about authority and standing before him, listen, and with him in order to take charge of what has been provided already to us and use the name of Jesus to use it for His will to be done. Now, it takes me time. I'm gonna, I, I, could take you, I could take three weeks about this. Maybe we'll get into it as we go. But um, I believe there's going to be a little bit of this come out tonight. Amen. We have authority to conduct business on His behalf and in His absence. You understand what I'm talking about? To carry out His will here on the earth. What, it is, what we have been given is the power of attorney. That's yeah, a legal term in our culture called the power of attorney. Now, what the power of attorney is is what we gave our realtor today by signing some documents. Now, ours was a limited power of attorney. Uh, there's different documents to make it unlimited, you know, if you wanted to. But, you know, why would I want to? Because I'm here. I don't have to give them over everything. But I gave uh, today, Pastor Debbie and I gave our realtor authority, the power of attorney it's called, to go down to the closing and sign our name on the documents, and it's us doing it. And we're not even there. That's what Jesus gave us, the power of attorney. When he said, here's my name, use it, use it to, to bind the enemy, use it in prayer, I'm giving you the power to use my name, and whatever you, I'll count, whatever you do in my name, I'll count it as me doing it. Does that make any sense to you? Amen. Praise God. Well, the difference is now that he's not here, it's us doing it in his name, and at his command, because we've been giving that kind of standing before the Father. You need to understand in prayer, you need to understand two things. You need to understand, well, actually three things, but it kind of all goes together. I was going to say two, but um, let's just say three things. You need to understand righteousness. 
which is, uh, we always say, right standing before God. And it is that for sure. But, but it, 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 I like to say it is a standing before God. It is a position of rights before God. It just, it's not just us being right, being made right, which it is, of course. But it, it is us having rights because of righteousness. Having rights before God. That God recognizes. And those rights actually enables us to say how it will be in our lives. Not waiting on God to say how it's going to be in our lives. So righteousness is one thing you need to understand when it comes to prayer. And we're going to look at little, just a little bit of this tonight. I don't have time to get a lot of it. But righteousness, you need to understand righteousness. And number two, you need to understand Covenant. Because when you understand covenant and you pray from a place of covenant, you'll not be someone coming, you'll not, you'll not come to the Father as an inferior one, in an inferior position. You'll be coming to Him with everything that covenant gave you and a knowledge of that, that the fact that it's yours. And you'll come to Him not as an inferior one, you'll come to Him as equal with Jesus. Somebody said, well, I can't say I'm equal to Jesus. No, we're not talking about because of your merits, but how many of you know we've been made the righteousness of the, the, the most holy saint that's ever lived? No, the righteousness of God. How righteous are we? We're the righteousness of God. So, oh, I made mistakes. We're not talking about you. Forget you. We're talking about God's righteousness. Get you off the brain, man. I'll tell you, it'll, it'll help you a whole lot get you off the brain. I know my shortcomings. I know my faults. Yeah, and I know you're living under sin consciousness. That's what you're living under. Awake to righteousness and sin not, the Bible says. In fact, that's the biggest reason you keep sinning is you're not awake to righteousness. Amen. It's not stop sinning so you can be aware of your righteousness. It's become aware of your righteousness so you can stop sinning. <laughs> now, I'm saying a lot. I'm going past a lot of things real quickly tonight. But uh, you can handle a little bit more. So, but anyway, uh, you need to understand covenant. Covenant just simply takes two and makes them one. And covenant gives everything I have to the one I'm in covenant with and everything they have to me that I'm in covenant with. And we're in covenant with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are joint heirs with Jesus. So when you and I come to the throne to obtain something that was provided through Jesus, through His death, burial, and resurrection, we're not coming as an inferior one trying to beg a crumb from the Father God. We're coming. We're coming. Listen to me. We're coming, and we're saying, where's our checkbook? I need to make a withdrawal on our joint account. It's not like you have it and I don't have any rights to it and I'm begging you to maybe give me a crumb. It's like it's already mine. You're the one that is holding it in, in protecting it and holding it for me and I just simply come to receive what's already mine. It's not like God can say, no, I'm not giving that to you because it's already been given and already put in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
It's on deposit with him. And therefore, because of our joint account, it's on deposit in my name. I mean, not literally in my name, but because of his name, I have access to that account. Woo! So when we say, come to the Father in the name of Jesus, we're just simply coming with Jesus saying, where's our checkbook, Jesus? God put some things on your deposit in your name, and I just come to get it. So righteousness gives you and I a standing in the Father. Listen to this. A standing in the presence of the Father identical with the standing of Jesus. Identical. That's what makes you effective in prayer when you know that. Because it's done, for, prayer, in other words, is done from a position of authority given to us by God as revealed in His Word. Amen. We are accepted by God to rule and reign in His behalf and in His stead and in His absence here on the earth. And sometimes it's going to require us to tap into what's on deposit for us in Jesus' name to get that done. But we've got it. We've got the name. We've got the deposit. Remember I said everything that I have is in our, my name, or Pastor Debbie and I jointly, everything's pretty much jointly in our name. Well, everything Jesus has is in his name. <laughs> you still, you're, you're getting it tonight. We're not in a position of an inferior one, but in a position of equality with him because he raised us with him to sit us with him in that seat of authority. It's a place of acceptance before God where God accepts what we say concerning the situations that arise in life. I've been accepted through the blood, and I'm praying from a place of acceptance. It's a position of privilege that's waiting on the use of His name. Think of the boldness that gives you at the throne of grace, where most men have never dreamed of the boldness like men who understood this have prayed. Uh, it comes from understanding the standing we have in prayer and our covenant right, right, uh, rights in righteousness. This place of standing from, you know, before God is only revealed through the Word. Your natural senses will not tell you that this place is, is, exists. Amen. God has made it available to you, but your mind will never tell you you have that kind of standing before the Father. Certain men through history have found this place and made use of it, and they got real bold. Abraham, before God, pleading the case of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, uh, if there's 10, well, it got down to 10, but 50 righteous. God said, okay, I'll say whatever you say. I'll spare it for 50 righteous. How about 40? Okay, whatever you say. How about 30? Okay, whatever you say. Got down to 10 said, I'm not going to ask anymore. Just to, uh, this one last time, if, will you spare it for 10? God said, I'll spare it for 10. But he already said, that's as far as I'm going to go. Notice what God was doing. He was God doing what his covenant man right. was saying. Yes, amen. Yeah. He was doing what his covenant man was saying. Yes. Now, that's bold. I said, that's bold. That's a standing before God that a covenant man has if we just knew it. Somebody said, well, God wanted to destroy it. The Bible says he's long in mercy. <clears throat> he's long in mercy. Hallelujah. Now, certain, like I said, certain men through history have understood this. 
Um, and they were able to take advantage of it, but the, the Word of God reveals this place. You have to get a revelation of this. Just hearing it tonight won't do, won't do you much good unless you latch on to the revelation and it becomes real to you. If God gave us His Word on a matter, we have the right to make a claim upon what He said. Otherwise, He shouldn't have said it. If you tell your children you get straight A's this year in school, we'll take you to Disneyland for vacation. If you didn't plan on doing it, don't say it. Don't say it. Isn't that right? And so God, when he said it, that's because he planned on doing it. You know why he said it? Because he wanted to do it. His word is an invitation and, yea, even a challenge. To rise up and make a claim. He, he dares you. Rise up and make a claim on that and see what I'll do for you. Especially when you do it in my name because you know it's on deposit in his name. <laughs> I said hallelujah. So make, his, uh, make claim on his word. Put him in remembrance of his word. And uh, he'll make good on it. Jesus is actually called in Hebrews 7.22 the surety of the new covenant. That means he stands ready to guarantee all the terms and the provisions of the new covenant. My goodness. Somebody said, well, maybe he doesn't want to do it. If he, didn't, if he said it, why, why did he say it then? In our legal system today, we have a term called standing. If you're going to bring a case to, to law or you're going to bring a case before a court, you have to have what is called standing. And what that basically means is a person uh, can prove before the court that uh, they have, there is a law that gives them uh, a case. In other words, there is a law on the books that gives them a case that, that something that has happened to them has been violated based on the laws on the books. And if you can't bring a, a law on the books, you don't have a case. Because there is no the law. The courts just simply back up the law. Isn't that right? So you got to be able to bring law. You got to be able to uh, cite, uh, the, you know, quote the uh, the terms of the uh, whether it's the city city ordinances or whether it, you know if it's a backyard issue with a pool and you're somebody's crossed your line, whatever. You know, city ordinances or state law or or federal law or something like that. You got to be able to quote the statute. And you better bring that before the court, otherwise they're going to say, "Well, what standing do you have?" The same is true with the high court of heaven. Bring the, 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 bring the Word of God. <laughs> bring this. Bring this. When you plead your case, bring this. Otherwise, you don't have standing. This is just simply an inform, this is informative of all that's on deposit in the name of Jesus. When you find it in here, it's in a vault in heaven. And the password that opens the door is the name of Jesus. There you go. <laughs> Just takes you right into it. Instantly you have an audience before the Father when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come. Instantly he recognizes that name. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. And so bring the Word of God and bring it in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden you've got a case. <laughs> and you're going to win that case every single time. 
Praise be to God. So, with that in mind, what we really have been given is the power of attorney. And uh, when, when I gave the, the uh, wasn't a lawyer's realtor today, the power of attorney, they're going to go in our name and do something. And uh, it's, a, it's a major business transaction. Well, when Jesus, was get, Jesus gave us his name, he gave us the right to use, uh, to, to uh, do business for him. And he also gave us all that's on deposit in that name. You realize that it's to your advantage uh, if somebody's going to give you a power attorney that has nothing and has no authority. Let's say, let's say a, a person who's not a citizen of the United States who has nothing as far as wealth in this life wants to give you the power of attorney, my suggestion to you is forget it, it's nothing. They, they don't have anything. But if somebody who is a citizen and that their name has all kinds of influence and has all kinds of, of wealth to it, and they want to give you a power, the power of attorney, you might want to say, yeah. Yeah. Some of you are looking at me funny. You don't understand. The more that is in that name that they're giving you the power of attorney, the more, the more that allows them to do. You, you allows you to do in their name. Now, the, the power of attorney today that we gave the realtor was just a limited power of attorney. But Jesus gave us an unlimited power of attorney. Everything at my, in my name is at your disposal and is at your discretion to use. People are where they are in life. Are you with me? They are where they are in life because they've not, used, they've not known what's in his name. I'm preaching the word to you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Jesus, what is in Jesus' name? Everything that he inherited from the Father and everything that he uh, gained from conquering the enemy. <clears throat> Praise God. Now, go over to the book of uh, Matthew, the 18th chapter. And let's look at verse 18 and 19. We're familiar with this, but let's look at it in the light of what we're preaching tonight. Matthew 18, 18, and 19. It says, Verily I say unto you, Jesus is speaking, Whatsoever, unqualified. I told you don't listen to this through religious ears tonight. Whatsoever, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now that's actually authority over forces of darkness and things like that. Now look at verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you... Uh, no, that's verse 18. Excuse me. I'm going to verse 19. Again I say unto you, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, notice this, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So this is, this is talking to the Father because he said it will be done of the Father. So if two of you agree. So verse 18 is authority over the devil. Verse 19 is authority in prayer. Authority to ask in, in the name of Jesus. You getting that? Amen. If two of you agree on earth touching anything they ask, it should be done of my, of my Father which is in heaven. And then he said, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. In other words, in my name, he said, in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So they're using the name of Jesus. And he's there in his name. 
Look at verse 19, the very last phrase there. Uh, uh, let's see here, verse number uh, 19. It shall be done for them, my Father, which is in heaven. I'm sorry, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together, in my name there am I in the midst of them. Underline that, in my name there am I. In other words, he's there in his name. He's in this asking. He's in the middle of this. <laughs> Whenever you use his name. Whatever you and I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, Jesus takes that and passes that on to the Father. It's as if he's asking. He's the mediator between God and men. And he said, I'm there uh, to take that to the Father and to uh, obtain that. I've already really obtained it, but I'm there to cash in on it and to uh, make it good for you. Isn't that what he's saying? I'm there in my name. He's there to see to it that the, what we agree on comes to pass. Praise the Lord. Whatever Jesus gained, he gained for the benefit of the church. Let's go over to Ephesians in chapter number 18. Let's look at something here. Are you, are you still, getting, still able to get more out of this? Still able? You're not overwhelmed yet with too much revelation? Go over to Ephesians chapter number 1. We find in this prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus something very interesting. I didn't see this until I started studying on the name of Jesus. <clears throat> he mentioned in verse 19, he wants us to know, amongst other things, the exceeding greatness of the power that is to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Now notice, far above all principalities or principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. All right, hold your finger there. Don't lose your place. But uh, go to Philippians, chapter number 2. Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. Let's go back to Ephesians 1. And said, verse 20, he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power. That's similar to has God has raised him far above, exalted him and given him a name, has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Not only is he exalted, his name is exalted. He's been exalted over in Ephesians, it says that he's been exalted that's set on the right hand at the Father's right hand in heavenly places, far above all these principalities, those are those forces of darkness. He's far above them and also above every name that is named. That's what Philippians is saying, whenever God exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Those name his name is above every name of demon forces and anything in this life that opposes you that has a name. Someone said the doctor said it's uh, cancer. That's a name. That's a name. I said, that's a name. Jesus' name is above every name. But look at Philippians. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven. Things is italicized. So we could say beings in heaven because these beings have knees. Someone said, well, cancer, does, cancer cancer's a thing. It, it doesn't have knees. 
yeah, but cancer, the, see, the what has a who behind it. Cancer is a what, but there's a who behind it. Somebody said, who's, who's the who behind it? Mark 10, I mean, uh, Acts 10, uh, verse 30, uh, 38. How God knowing Jesus and Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So sickness has a devil behind it. And he has a name. And he has knees. And at the mention of Jesus' name, he has to bow. I'm not making that up. That's what the Word says. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of beings in heaven, beings in earth, and beings under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Okay, go back to Ephesians. Far above, in verse 21, all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named. Every name, that's the part I missed for all these years. Every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Why did God set Jesus above every name, far above every name, and, and every, every, you know, all these forces of darkness? It tells us in verse 22, hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So let me paraphrase all these verses. To paraphrase it, God's uh, power raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above all the forces of darkness and every name. Jesus himself, the person, as well as his name, is above all. Jesus himself, the person, listen, as well as his name, is above all. Everything Jesus gained uh, through inheritance and by conquest over the enemy has been given to him and is on deposit in his name in heaven. But we are joint heirs with him and have been given the use of his name. Everything Jesus has on deposit has been placed there for the benefit of the church. That's what verse 22 means when it says, put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church for the benefit of the church. He did this all for the benefit of the church. Woo! So that he could turn around and give us the name and tap in and make use of all that's on deposit. Whoa! He gave Jesus an unequaled position of rights before the Father. But we must understand that he gave what he gave to Jesus, he gave it to him for the benefit of the church. Yes, <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All that Jesus seating at the right hand of the Father means has been put in his name and given to the church. Are you getting it? I'm saying it over and over and over again. Has been put in his name and given to the church. In other words, for the church's benefit. We are to draw upon those resources for our every need in this life. And we do it by using his name. All that the Father has conferred on him and is in his name, we draw upon it by using that name in prayer. So the church has the right to draw upon all that the Father has deposited in that name. It's through the use of that name that we, and faith in his name that causes all these things to be withdrawn into the experience of our lives. And our faith in the name of Jesus can be increased by hearing the word of God. That's why I'm preaching to you tonight. Uh, by hearing the Word of God and hearing what it has to say about that name. Amen. We must continue to feed upon it until it dawns on us. Because just because you heard it tonight doesn't mean it's dawned on you. You remember the story I told whenever I preached on this a couple of weeks ago about Charles Spurgeon visiting a woman 
who actually was living just in an old shanty shack, sort of, sort of made out of crates and boxes and stuff. He visited her because uh, apparently she was a member of his church. He had a large church, you realize. But uh, they told him that she was, some of his uh, pastoral staff told him that she had called, she was dying of malnutrition and wanted him to come. Well, he wanted somebody to come see him see her, and Charles Spurgeon said, well, I'll go see her if she's dying. So he went, and so he came to this place, just a shanty shack. I said this, and I'll just repeat it. So it kind of hits, hits home here tonight. And uh, she's living in this place, just dying. The reason she's dying is not because of any sickness or disease, but because of malnutrition. This is a true story. Charles Spurgeon, he told it. And said so while he was visiting her, he saw this uh, picture frame on the wall, and he noticed that it uh, had some handwriting on it, and he looked at it. And in the process of visiting with her, he asked her, he said, what is that? And she said, oh, I don't know. I, I never learned to read. But she said, uh, I used to work for years for uh, one of the noble ladies here in the, uh, she is in England, uh, used to work for her for years, and she uh, gave that to me whenever I was done working for her. And uh, I just always treasured it because she was dear to me, and I put it in a plaque, put it on the wall. He said, well, can I go? Because he had, he looked at it, and he, had, he, he, he thought it was more than what she thought it was. But see, she had never learned to read. So he said, mind if I, I'm your pastor. I won't steal it, you know. I'll bring it back. Do you mind if I uh, take it and have it examined by the authorities? She said, sure, but it's precious. Make sure you bring it back. He said, I'm your pastor. I'll bring it back. You know, if you can't trust your pastor, who can you trust? So, and if you can't trust your pastor, you better go somewhere else. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side note. But the, he said, he went and took it to the authorities, and the authorities said, well, we've been looking for this. This was, uh, I forget the lady, I don't think he mentioned the lady's name, and one of the noble women there in the, in the country had uh, given this to her because she worked for her, this, this lady had worked for her as a maid for years, and whenever she, I don't know why she stopped working for her elderly or something, <clears throat> she had given her this, and uh, it was literally a legal document bequeathing to her a home to live in for the rest of her life, and all the, the resources, you know, everything she would be, that would be needed to take care of her until she died. And she had had it for 10 years and now is dying. And she's living in a shanty shack, dying of starvation with, with the document on the wall that gave her a house to live in and people to take care of her and the money to buy food and clothes, everything she needed for the rest of her life. Well, you know, that's what the church has. The church has on deposit. It has been bequeathed to us and placed in the name of Jesus. But the name has been given to us. Woo, how can you sit there like that? I said, how can you sit there like that? And that name has on deposit everything we need to live out the rest of our lives and do it in grand style. Not living down at the, the end of the block with, you know, poverty and nothing. Woo, glory to living under shame and sin and condemnation and, and, you know, weak and backwards, no boldness, no victory, no joy, no peace, no money, sick, broke, busted, disgusted. That's not what, that's not what the name of Jesus has in it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. That lady couldn't say she didn't have it but she didn't know about it, number one, and she didn't cash in on it, number two. You know, if you don't have it, it's not because the name of Jesus is that it's not on deposit in the name of Jesus. 
It's either that you haven't estimated that he, that he will actually make good on his word or else you have little faith in it. Are you still with me? Praise God, praise God. The name still has everything on deposit today it ever had on deposit. But what I wanted you to see tonight is what the Lord said to me going to bed last night. He said, everything that you have is in your name. I thought, wait a minute. That's what I preached three weeks ago, but I didn't quite see it all what I was preaching. I didn't even see what I was preaching. (laughs) Everything Jesus has is in his name. And he gave us the right to use his name. So we have access to it all. Praise God. So don't ask small. Don't say, Lord, can I have a crumb? He's got, he said, I got loaves. I got, I got, in fact, I have more than loaves. I got bread factories. What do you want? (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. I got bread factories and I got bread recipes and I got, I got, and that's just the bread. That's not the meat. He's got all you need on deposit. I need a bigger house. I got too many kids. I mean, I mean, not too many, but for the size house, for the the size house I'm living in, I got, I need a bigger house. I got, I got them stacked on top of one another in bedrooms. Hallelujah. You think there's enough on deposit in Jesus name? To get you a bed, get you a house with a bedroom for every child in your. Oh yeah, yeah. There's enough on deposit. Hallelujah. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.